Chapter Twelve of The Lady in Blue by Augusta Groner, translated by Grace Isabel Colbron. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Left-Handed Man. Ossip resumed his hunt for torn bits of paper in the garden, but without much success. One tiny scrap gleamed out amid the thick ivy leaves that closed the gray wall ossip reached up after it and the big limbs of a great elm tempted him to pursue his investigations further he climbed to the level of the wall top and sat there looking up and down the river path eagerly scanning the fringe of bushes suddenly he smiled a young man was strolling along the path reading as he walked it was the student franz moser good morning remarked ossip as the lad came past his post of observation moser started and looked up surprised but could not locate the voice lift your eyes to the stars said ossip a poet should always look upward moser saw him and laughed merrily looks comfortable up there it is said ossip but if you wait a minute i'll join you i'm going in your direction the young russian looked longingly at the easy jump but remembering the distrust with which the two guardians of the house had received his first informal entrance he resolved to do the proper thing this time he slipped down the tree trunk and came out of the garden gate toward the waiting moser a sheet of paper lay before him and ossip snatched it up eagerly but after a hasty glance at it he handed it to moser did you lose this oh yes thank you so much exclaimed the student with a vivid blush i-i should have regretted losing it it looks like a poem one of your own moser nodded to the young stranger with the freemasonry of youth yes he admitted his cheeks a deeper red but i wouldn't like anyone to see it i'm such an amateur yet and people laugh at us older people ossip smiled in acquiescence moser looked at him as if greatly interested suddenly he asked you are a russian aren't you do i look it why yes you look as if you might be might be what one of the people that tolstoy or gorky write about i imagined they might look that way ossip's smile faded his face grew dark again his eyes tragic yes i am one of those people do all russians look as if they had experienced so much that is tragic asked moser timidly after a pause yes for life brings tragic experiences to most of my people our great writers have told the world something of what we suffer ossip paused he suddenly remembered that he wanted to talk to moser about other matters rather than his own life and destiny but the blond lad was already absorbed in the interesting subject are you a college man he asked i was ossip set his lips tight then continued more lightly but you are moser realized now that his new acquaintance did not care to talk about himself so he began to tell of his own studies and plans for the future there's one interest you haven't mentioned said ossip after a while the gray house the two were stretched out on the soft grass by the river moser blushed again and pulled up a bit of grass why yes i've always been interested in this old house particularly since it had two charming inmates two oh yes there were two but the other was merely her shadow did you ever see the dead lady no she was the most beautiful woman i have ever seen i used to catch a glimpse of her occasionally when i came here alone to the river bank to study and write poems put in ossip with a smile has your swan song anything to do with miss layman moser looked up startled what do you how do you know about my poem he asked as he rose to his feet ossip rose too and they started on towards the town we saw you here before my employer and i the day the paper fell out of your hand your swan song yes i remember now it was written to her i saw her heard her singing the very evening before she killed herself 
I heard her swan song. She was in good spirits then? Yes and no. When I first saw her, she was singing merrily. But later, when she came back with the gentleman, she looked annoyed, almost angry. Ossip's hand fell on the student's arm with such a sudden sharp pressure that Moser stopped, startled. When did she come back? She and the man, asked the Russian eagerly. Why should it interest you? queried Moser. Answer, please, I beg of you. Why, surely, if you want to know, it was a little past six, I think. And it was that Saturday, you're sure? It was that very Saturday. They found her dead next morning. Come with me, please. Ossip quickened his pace, his hand still on Moser's arm. What's the hurry, and where are you taking me? asked the latter. Ossip realized he would have to give some explanation of his excitement. He slowed to a more normal pace. Don't think me quite crazy, he replied, but this is a serious matter. It concerns the the truth about a crime, a murder. Murder? Then she did not kill herself? No, she did not, and what you have said may be of the very greatest value in tracking down the murderer. That is why I ask you to come with me. Who are you? Moser looked at his companion with a rising distrust. Ossip smiled. I? Oh, I am only his shadow, the shadow of a great man, my master. Who is he? Ossip's face softened. He is the best man in all the world. He saved me. He gave me my chance. As far as the rest of the world goes, he is a celebrated man, in his way. You've probably never heard of him, but there are many who know him and respect him, and many others who know him and fear him. I am just an humble servant of the famous detective, Joseph Mueller. Oh, a detective? How interesting. And here he comes. Ossip quickened his pace again to meet the slight gray-haired man, whose gentle, kindly face did not at all fill Moser's idea of a famous detective. But his second look disclosed the fact that the keen gray eyes now fixed on him had something in them which belied the everyday appearance of this elderly gentleman. To the sensitive lad they seemed to read down into his very soul. But Mueller held out his hand with a friendly smile. "'Isn't this, Mr. Moser? I thought so. And as my young assistant here seems to have you in custody,' I am taking for granted that you have something to tell us, something of importance concerning the matter that brings us to Salzburg. How about it, Ossip? Oh, yes, Mr. Mueller, exclaimed the Russian eagerly. Mr. Moser tells me that he saw Miss Lehman going back into the house about six that Saturday evening with a man. Mueller's eyes flashed, then grew very serious. That is indeed important, but we don't want to hold you up here on the hot and dusty street. Is there any good restaurant near where we can have our dinner and talk undisturbed? The place across the way is good, replied Moser, and has a big garden where we can find a secluded table. What do you want to know? asked Moser a few minutes later, as they sat around a table some distance from the few other guests in the shaded garden. What interests you most? Everything. Tell me everything. The least trifle that could possibly concern this case is of value to me. Moser told of his interest in the romantic old house with its reputation for mystery and did not conceal the fact that it had been greatly quickened by a glimpse of the beautiful occupant. He told Mueller that on that Saturday evening, or rather late afternoon, he had passed by the house on the riverside and had seen Miss Lehman at the window. She was standing by the open window, looking out and singing merrily, when her eyes fell on the young student. He doffed his hat with a respectful bow, which seemed to amuse her. She seemed to think it very silly of me, he continued haltingly, which it probably was, and presuming on my part, too. But she was so beautiful and laughed so prettily that I didn't mind giving her cause for laughter. "'You have no reason to be ashamed,' said Mueller, as the lad paused in his story. 
except that her sort of woman seldom understands real respect from a man. What did you do then? I was a bit angry and hurt. I walked on further down the path and sat down under an elder bush which sheltered me from the wind. I read for some little time, then I heard voices coming from the direction of the meadow. I looked up, and to my great surprise I saw Miss Lehman. I didn't know her name then, but it was the lady in blue coming along between the trees. There was a gentleman with her, and they were talking rather excitedly. In what way? As if they had met unexpectedly and were glad to see each other? No, it looked to me as if they were quarreling, but I can't say for certain, for I couldn't understand the words. Were they so far away? No, but the wind blew the sound of their voices away from me. And they went into the garden from the riverside? I think it very likely, if I hadn't known just why you were questioning me, I should have said they did go in. But I want to tell you only such facts as I am certain of. I couldn't see the path that far from my bush. They may have gone around to the main gate. No, they went in the side gate, said Mueller. Did you see anything of the other woman, the maid, Tony? Moser shook his head. How long did you sit under your bush? About half an hour, I think, or it may have been a bit longer. Then I felt cold. I got up and walked along the river for some distance, then back across the meadow to the brook, and then— Moser halted. Mueller laid his hand on the young man's arm while he and Ossip studied his face eagerly. Moser seemed struggling to recall some memory. And then, said Mueller softly, I don't think this has anything to do with the case, continued Moser in some excitement, and I'm not sure whether I can tell you anything very definitely. I didn't pay much attention, but I remember seeing a man standing by the brook near the little bridge. It seemed to me that it was the same man whom I had seen with Miss Lehman, but I couldn't be at all sure. I'm a little nearsighted, and I didn't look at the man very closely the first time I saw him. I was— Moser stopped again, and then went on bravely, in spite of his blushes. I was looking at the lady. Quite natural, said Mueller, with an encouraging smile. Ninety-nine men out of a hundred would have done the same. Moser nodded gratefully and went on. But I do know that the man who went into the house with Miss Lehman had nothing in his hand except a cane, or maybe it was a tightly rolled umbrella. I couldn't see, surely. But the man by the brook was carrying his cane, and besides that, a valise, which he carried in his right hand. And his cane? cut in Mueller quickly. He carried that in his left hand. A valise? exclaimed Ossip. What sort of a valise was it? asked Mueller calmly. Did you notice its appearance? Oh, yes, replied Moser with quick assurance. It was a light-colored bag with black straps. And the man himself, would you recognize him again? What did he look like? I couldn't see his face. He seemed to have heard me coming and walked on quickly. But his figure, can you describe it? His height and size? About normal. And his clothes? He wore knickerbockers and heavy stockings with a short coat. I think his suit was dark gray. It was growing dusk, and I couldn't be sure about the color. But you are sure about the valise? Yes, I noticed that particularly, because I have one just like it. And then I was more interested in what the man was doing than in his appearance. What was he doing? He crossed the little footbridge, stopped halfway over, and threw something into the water. Something white. I thought at first it was a piece of paper. A slow flush rose to Mueller's cheek. No, it was not paper. I saw that later, went on Moser. It must have been a piece of cloth of some kind, something soft. The man put down his cane, leaned it against the railing of the bridge, and threw the white object into the brook. It spread out when it struck the water. The brook was full and flowing swiftly. It carried off the white thing, and I watched its gyrations for some little time. When I looked up again, the man had gone on, and I soon lost sight of him. I don't know why I watched that white object. One does, sometimes. 
"'Too bad you hadn't watched the man,' said Ossip low. "'He had just killed Elise Lehman.' Moser's jaw dropped, his eyes opened wide. He stared at the young Russian in horror. "'Are you sure of that?' he gasped. But Ossip motioned him to be quiet, for Mueller was speaking. He seemed to be thinking aloud, rather than addressing them. "'It was not a piece of cloth,' he murmured. "'It was a right-hand glove. He must have taken it from the corpse, and torn the leather even more than on the other glove. It was safest to get it out of the way altogether. That's why he threw it into the brook.' Mueller passed his hand over his eyes, then turned to Moser. "'Did you notice the color of his hair, by any chance?' Moser shook his head. "'I have an idea it was brown.' "'And his age? What impression did you get?' "'He was not very young, not a lad, but he wasn't old. His walk was quick and springy.' "'Is there anything more you can tell us about him?' "'No. Nor about the dead woman?' "'I saw her about a dozen times in all, either in the garden or at the window. I thought her extraordinarily beautiful.' I had never seen anyone like that before, and her clothes were so rich, a bit fantastic to my thinking. She always wore light blue. You see, I come from up in the mountains, from a little village. We don't see such women there. I confess I thought of her often. Do you know or did you notice her maid, who was with her so often? Only that she too was very pretty, only not so striking. And looked ill, did she not? Why, no, she looked strong and vigorous. But she was so grave and quiet not as bright and gay as the other. Did you ever see either of the women outside the house? I never saw Miss Lehman away from the house, but I saw the maid once talking to the old woman who has the apple stand near the public bath. She was sitting down and had the old woman's grandchild on her lap. She was holding up a bunch of cherries, and the little girl was trying to catch them. The child is blind, they say, but it was laughing and reaching up with its little hands. It was a pretty sight. A man going past stopped, just as I did, to look at it. Madonna of the Cherries, he called her. Was that your thought, too? No, not exactly, although the girl was very pretty, but I imagine a Madonna gentler, softer. This girl, I don't think she was a girl, somehow. She was more a Valkyrie type. Strong, firm, self-contained, if you know what I mean. Mueller nodded. A neighboring church clock struck loudly, and Moser rose. I'm afraid I will have to leave you. I have a pupil. But if there is anything else— Oh, no. Don't let me disturb you in your day's work. But I would like to have you keep in touch with my young friend here. He's living at the Grey House just now. Mueller and Ossip sat silent for some little time after Moser had gone. Well, asked the detective finally. Ossip threw the bread ball he had been forming at a nearby sparrow and began. Normal figure, quick and springy gait. That's not much to go on, is it? But the dark gray sport suit brings us nearer. We must find out who of Miss Lehman's intimate friends owns such a suit. He must have been an intimate friend, or she would not have taken him into her house alone by the side gate. Exactly. And what else? He must be left-handed. Good boy. How did you get that? He carried his cane in his left hand and set it against the railing when he took the glove from his pocket, left pocket probably, and threw it into the brook. That brook over there is narrow, and the reeds on the banks come out far into the stream. If a man wanted to be sure of letting some object float away on the current, he'd have to throw it well out into the center of the stream. He couldn't just let it drop, and a right-handed man wouldn't deliberately throw with his left hand. Good, that's very good. You are learning rapidly, Ossip. You are a real help to me. Remember, then, we are looking for a man of normal figure, somewhere between twenty-five and forty years of age, who is left-handed and has feet that are small and slender for a man. Also, he is an intimate friend of the layman girl, and owns a dark gray bicycle or hiking costume. 
His hair is probably brown. Anyway, it is neither noticeably blonde nor dark. Personally, I'm inclined to think he is a man of refinement and cultivation, but I'm not banking on that. It's only because of Tony. They had left the restaurant and were walking through the quiet streets. I'll search the brook, said Ossip. Good. I'll meet you in the gray house at four this afternoon. I'm leaving tonight. There's the apple stand, remarked Ossip a few moments later. The child is there, too. Yes, it's blind. Tony petted the blind child, murmured Mueller thoughtfully. Ossip turned back towards the river, and the veteran detective went on to the fruit stand. He bought some fruit, petted the child, and led the old woman on to talk of the gray house and what had happened there. He learned that Tony had often come to buy fruit and had been particularly nice to the child whenever she found it there. Once, while she held the baby on her lap, she began to cry bitterly. This was the day after the funeral. Mueller was a bit disappointed and slightly irritated. He felt the crawling fingers of old age reaching out and dulling the brain that had been so keen. He had facts in plenty to go on now in this case, but he seemed further away from its solution than ever. What had happened was plain enough, but no clue of any importance or value led off in any definite direction. Joseph Mueller, the calm and self-possessed, felt decidedly annoyed at himself. The old woman didn't know her visitor's name, knew only that she was maid to the lady in the gray house. "'But I'm thinking she was a married woman,' she volunteered. "'She stopped the letter-carrier once, and he knew her and gave her letters for the gray house. She cut one open in a hurry with my knife, and there was another inside which she was in a hurry to see, too. I saw one corner of the envelope. I know it said Mrs. Something, but I couldn't see the rest. She had it crumpled up in her hand.' At the post office they knew only that the handsome young lady, the lady in blue, had called several times for general delivery letters under the name of Gold Fairy. The other woman had never been seen there as far as anyone knew. "'I wouldn't like to acknowledge it to anyone else, but I don't seem to be getting anywhere at all,' thought Mueller. "'It all seems so simple. But it's this Tony. I didn't know anyone could disappear so completely in this country.'" End of chapter 12